Namaste, namaskaram, vanakam, namo namaha, jai Ganesha. Please visit our website at classicalyoga.org and there is a donate button there if you'd like to help us out. And please stand up for the Hindu, yoga, religious, spiritual, scientific, philosophical lifestyle. Today's podcast, Sanatan Dharma, Descriptive or Deception? You may enjoy listening to two of our other podcasts, Are You Afraid of the Word Hindu? And also, Are We Hindus? Now, it's not a coincidence that throughout the ages, Indians, Hindus, Sanatanists, Vedantists, Saivas, Vaishnavas, Shaktites, they've had a problem working together. That's why it has been so easy to pick off, if you will, the Hindus, the Indians, the Sanatanas, the Vedantists, the Saivas, the Vaishnavas. You see the problem? Here's an interesting experiment. If you're giving a lecture somewhere, or you're in a room with a group of other people, <laughs> don't know what to say at this point, and simply ask the question, how many Hindus in the room? And of course, you'll quickly raise your hand, but see how quickly others raise their hand. As one may say, no, I'm not a Hindu. I'm a Sanatanast. No, I'm a Vedantist. No, I'm a Saiva. No, I'm a Vaishnava. No, I'm a Shaktite. No, I'm a Hare Krishna. I don't have a religion. I just follow a lifestyle. Is this not the MO of the invaders, divide and conquer? We've done this to ourselves, unfortunately. Unless one chooses to continue this disunity, we need to, at some point, learn to come together as a united Hindu family. Look, for example, at Christianity and Islam. These are the two youngest religions of the world, yet the most populated. Because, yes, of course, there are sectarian divisions, but when push comes to shove, all Christians know they're Christians. All Muslims know that they are Muslims. They follow the religion of Islam. Christians follow Christianity. Not so with these people. <laughs> Again, it's very difficult. If someone balks at the word Hindu, if you call them a Hindu, they may not like it. However, is not Hindu the most recognizable word to identify who we are? Remember, two sets of three. India is the country. Indian is the ethnicity and or nationality. And Hindu is the religion. And again, many Hindus balk at the word religion, but this is the common English term used to describe the various traditions of the world. And it is the word that is used when we incorporate. It is the word used when one files a religious discrimination suit. So, with clarity, we can use the word religion. Of course, as Hindus, dharma is a more appropriate word for us. But let's look at this word Indo-Hindu. It is really not a foreign word. Indo, whether you use the H or not, it really makes no difference in the meaning. For example, many Hindus say Shiva, others say Siva, some say Shanti, some say Santi. Some say Shakti, others say Sakti. So too, Hindu, Hindu, it does not change the meaning. And here's something a little bit humorous, if you will, in reverse. 
Latin-speaking people, because they do not pronounce the letter H. When they see H-I-N-D-U, they say Indo. <laughs> Interesting. So is not Indo an original homeland, the Indus River Valley? But let's look at this word Indo or Hindu. And Indo, first and foremost, means moon. So in that sense, it's not a geographical term at all. It's referencing the moon, Chandra. But if you look it up, Indu also is referring to the river Indus, or Sarid, the river. It also is referenced to Bindu, which is the mark of a Hindu. And Soma, which is the inner nectar of bliss, or Ananda, which is descriptive of our inner essence, which we Hindus call the Atmana, Sachit Ananda. So this is a beautiful word, Hindu, Hindu, Chandra, Sarid, Bindu, Soma, moon, river, the Bindu is the drop, and the Soma is the nectar. And as far as Bindu goes, what is it? It's the red dot of the rising sun, the Surya Narayan, outwardly and inwardly, Bahir Antar. So look at these four words for what it is to be a Hindu-Hindu. We worship the moon, and the moon glow inside of us, and Shiva. We worship the rivers. We worship the river of spirituality that flows within us, the inner light, like Diwali, the row of lights. Also the Matajis, the mother and the river, always equated, Gangama. And we put on the Bindi, the red dot, the Bindu, which is symbolic of worshipping the outer sun and the inner sun, or Surya Narayan. So here we have the three Sampradayas, Shiva, Shakti, Vaishnava, Saivism, Shaktiism, Vaishnavism, Saivite, Vaishnavite, Shaktite. And Soma reminds us, Tattvamasi, of who we are. We are that inner nectar of bliss, Satchit Ananda, love, light, and energy. Oh, this are we with emotions, mind, and body. And for those who say one does not find the word Hindu, well, Hindu is right there in the Rig Veda. Hindu or Hindu. Samudra Iddhayarti Vayubhir. Fellow Hindu or Hindus, with the support of the breath, Bhir Vayu, grab a hold of the Yarti of the cosmic ocean within Samudra. Hindu Samudra Iddhayarti Vayubhir. And apparently, the Rishis there, the Vipras, the poets, the Kavis, they also refer to themselves as Bindus. For we read, Puram Bindu Vajri Purush Tutaha, ancient Bindu, Hindu Hindu, soulful warrior, soulful warrior, finding our youthful, loving warrior spirit. As we join together in the army, if you will, of Hindu Dharma. So, this Hindu, Hindu word refers to the moon. And it obviously became the name for a geographical location, the Indus River Valley, the valley of the Hindus, Hindus, thus becomes the people and their practices. But it's also a cosmological term. There is a constellation, Indus. It's a beautiful word, Hindu, Hindu, a constellation.
the moon, the river, the bindi, the soma nectar within, the Indus River Valley, the people, the practices. What a wonderful word, Hindu-Hindu. And, of course, this is the word that we are most recognized by. So just think of the ramifications of trying to eradicate the word Hindu. Wow. would have to be stricken from all the textbooks. We would no longer be invited into religious conferences, interfaith conferences, where they're talking about Hindu, Buddhist, Jain, Sikh, Christian, Jewish, Muslim. All of our incorporations would have to be changed into what? Religious, instead of religious organizations as Hindus, we'd be something else. Just dividing and dividing and dividing with disastrous results. So this Hindu, Hindu word is really nothing new. Actually, you can find it in the Rig Veda. You can find it in the Agamas, in the Saiva Agamas, in the Brihaspati Agama. And the Agamas go back 2,000 years. So, for example, in Brihaspati Agama, it says, Himalayam, Samarabhya, Yavat Indu, Sarovaram, Tam, Deva Nirmittam Desam, Hindustanam, Prachaksate. From the Himalayas to the Bindu Sarovara, created by the Devas, this is called Indu-Hindu. So the whole of the subcontinent was considered Indu-Hindu, from the Himalayas to the Bindu Sarovara, all the way down to Cape Cormoran at the very tip. And in the Avesta, which goes back to 1500 BCE, this was the precursor to Judaism, in the Avesta, you read the word Hapta Hindu. And it's very interesting that the Zoroastrians or the Farsis, they have found their home in India. In 700 BCE, the Qin Dynasty referred to the Hindus. So, Hindu-Hindu, it really, by implication, is the first word that we are recognized by. Now, if we look to written words, actually, the first written word is Ritta. Ritvijam, victory to Bhumimata. Ritta, order, is actually synonymous with the next word to come, which was Dharma. And we first encounter Daryoha, or Dharma, in Rig Veda 172, Indra id Daryoha. Indra is Dharma. Remember, Indra was the chief of the Devatas. So next to Agni, the more slokas to Indra in the Vedas. Now certainly the Vedas can be looked at as Vedic Dharma. And then obviously the entire lifestyle 
of these people, the Hindu Hindus, was yoga. Not the yoga of today, which has sadly been totally distorted. And again, the ammo of the invaders, divide and conquer. Which many Indians, Hindus, have actually joined in creating this massive, spurious yoga movement. But we read in the Rig Veda, 767a, Yoga Samana Parivam Sapta Shravato Ratogat. Through the process of yoga, yoga, plural for the many yogas that constitute the Hindu lifestyle, one will find their beautiful, tranquil nature and the seven flowing rivers, referring to the seven chakras within. And also, we could look at the word yajnam, sacrifice or sacred doing, as a precursor to yuj or yoga. As yoga, yajnam is our sacred doing, the lifestyle of what it is to be an Hindu Hindu. Yajnam vastu diyavasuha, from the Rig Veda 1.3.10. It's the fact that yajna gives inner light. Clearly that's dharana dhyana, that's raja yoga. Yajnam vastu diyavasuha. And also in 153, Sagano Yoga Abhuvat. Do not separate but join together in yoga. And remember, truly, the meaning of the Sanskrit and Tamil, Hindu word yoga yogam, means yuj atman brahmancha, to yoke yuj to our atmana. And then brahman. Remember, atmana is not the soul, it's different because it's not the mind not the body of the emotions. And Brahman is certainly not God. That's a word that we should not be using as Hindus. Brahman is the neuter term for the greater forces of what is the Atmana, Satchit Ananda, Jyoti Shakti Ananda Shanti. And our goal, of course, is to realize our Atmana, Atmadarshana Paramodharma. Hence, in the Vedas, again, 110.10, Vidma Hitva Sahasras Atman, give us this wisdom of Atmadarshana. So, remember, India is a country, Indian is a nationality and or ethnicity, and Hindu is the religion, and as Hindus, we are Hindus, we do yoga, all of it, to reach Atmana. This can bring us together as a united Hindu family. So, Hindu-Hindu, by implication the first word, and the word we are most recognized by, then Ritta, then dharma, and we could say Vedic dharma, yoga dharma, and then later comes this controversial word today, sanatan dharma. In Rig Veda 9, it mentions eternal laws, but this word was really not popularly used until the Bhagavad Gita, much later, and the Ramayana. Now let's look at this these two words, Sanatan Dharma. And there is a current controversy. There has been a controversy, but it's more public now, where a politician and film producer from Tamil Nadu, Udyanadi Stalin, has made the bold statement that we need to eradicate Sanatan Dharma. Why did he say that? Because in Tamil Nadu, Sanatan Dharma is often seen as simply a hierarchical term, a caste term. 
Remember, Hindus, there's another word that we should never, ever have hung on to. We seem to hold on to the wrong thing, caste, God, Lord, and let go of the good things. We let our sacred yogas go, and we let people abuse Ayurveda and all of our Sanskrit Hindu terms and concepts, where they become almost meaningless now. So, let's look at the word dharma. Dharma comes from the Sanskrit root dri, meaning to hold. So, ideally, dharma is simply and profoundly just trying to understand some basic laws of life. And that's a good thing. What's holding us together? What's holding life together? This is really science. It's a beautiful understanding of dharma. Actually, this is really analogous to the original meaning of religion, religio, or religare, which simply and profoundly meant to link or to bind, same thing, trying to understand what links or binds us together. And of course, there's the spirit element there, but it's about understanding, certainly with dharma, the material world, as well as the inner spirit world, spirit realm, dharma. So that's why we have the various dharmas or life stages, such as the student and the family, the retired, the renunciate, brahmacharya, grahasta, vanaprasanyas. That's why we have the recognition of a person's personal aspirations, if you will, the sva dharma. And then again, going through these natural four stages of life, which we look at as ashrams, a metaphor for different Houses, if you will, that we live in as we go from Brahmacharya, Grahasta, Manaprasanyas, Ashrama Dharma. And then we understand the natural classifications in society that make societies work. This obviously became perverted into the rigid hierarchical caste system, but we Hindus recognize it as the Varna system, and it's in all societies. It's just the recognition of the natural inclinations of people, the way they think, the tone of their mind. Hence, we use the word varna, which means tone, the way one thinks. Some people love to do craftsmanship, work with their hands, do physical labor. These became the sudras. Many people just love doing business. Watch today how people often love just counting money. <laughs> or, well, it's not physical money anymore in many ways. But look at the fascination with business and making deals. These became the Vaishyas. And then all societies need their protectors, their police, their military, their EMTs, their firefighters. Right? These became the warriors, the Kshatriyas. And then all societies have their educators, their teachers. These are the Brahmins, not Brahma. So this is a natural classification that we find in all societies that make them work. We need all four. And we have a beautiful understanding in Hinduism to help debunk the rigidity of the caste system is that to a certain degree we all do all four of these. This is the Purusha Sukta. We all should do some labor. We shouldn't have had to you know, cut the grass, clean the house, scrub the floors. And we all have to take care of the business of uh, our life. And to one degree or another, we should be protecting, certainly ourselves and our loved ones. That's our warrior spirit, Kshatriya. And we need to educate ourselves and obviously educate others if we're able to. This is the Brahman. 
But in society in general, you find people that just naturally tend to gravitate towards one of these different systems, these tones, these ways of thinking, these varnas. Perfectly natural. Obviously, it becomes unnatural when we start to approach it from an attitude of superiority and inferiority, both. So now let's look at the addition of the Sanskrit word sanatan at the beginning. Sanatan dharma. Sanatan translates into eternal. Now obviously, here's where we need to take a reality check. Who among us can truly say what is eternal? Here's where we can wrestle with our minds a little bit with this word eternal. What's eternal? Nothing. When it comes to things, everything will eventually disintegrate. Even Surya, the sun. When it comes to eternal as no thing, then it must be something without the thing. And when it comes to eternal as a universal something, and obviously here's where we run into problems. So Sanatan Dharma as quote-unquote eternal laws, that's okay. In other words, we're basically just trying to seek an understanding of things that seem to work. Scientific laws that seem to work. Laws of living that seem to work. Societal laws that seem to work. Personal laws that seem to work to keep our act together, to help hold us together as individuals, as families, as societies. Sanatandharma in that sense is okay. However, when we use Sanatandharma as an eternal way, obviously this is specific. Sanskrit is a specific language. Now we've tripped over the line. We've become actually the fundamentalist universalist. For then, Sanatan Dharma is often defined as universal. Again, here's we trip over into the extremism of the fundamentalist universalist mindset. So here's where our simple acronym, the NAT principle, N-A-T, can really help to clarify. Meaning that one's Religion is not no way or always, which actually means the same thing. And it's not the way, but a center balance of a way. So the the way people, obviously those are the pure, if you will, fundamentalists who think they have the only way and every other way is false or evil. The other extreme, however, is the no way way or the all way people. Many Hindus fall into this category when they misuse the term Sanatan Dharma, meaning it's no specific way, it's a universal way, it's for everybody. You see the fundamentalism there? Remember the word Catholic also means universal. So when one uses Sanatan Dharma as the eternal way or the universal way, this is simply the other extreme of the pure fundamentalist. The only difference with the fundamentalist universalist is that they believe that whatever it is that they're doing, in this case Sanatan Dharma, and its yogas, for example, is the core 
that emanates into all religions. This is the fallacy of the universalist mindset. And in a way, it's understandable. One grows up only encountering one tradition. They think it's the universal way. That can, be, that can hold true for any of the religions of the world. So here's where many Hindus are ascribing this word Sanatana Dharma as the universal way. And interestingly, a lot of it comes from the very extreme sectarian Vaishnavism. Remember, there are good Vaishnavas that are not extremely sectarian. But this extreme Vaishnavism, and it's actually in their scriptures in the Gita, that Vishnu Krishna is God, and they use the word God, from which all things come. So you see the universalism? When push comes to shove, they say, well, you know, Krishna or Vishnu really is God, and everything is a manifestation. That's why we respect all the religions of the world. This is the extremist, fundamentalist, universalist mindset. has a lot in common with the pure fundamentalist. But hopefully as we live and experience... And that's why it may take many lifetimes. We may finally reach a balance in the middle, a sattvic equilibrium, where we realize that our tradition, which, again, we use the English word religion, our religious tradition is a way. It's the way for you, of course. But it's not the way for everybody. It's not the only way. It's not a universal way. It's for anybody who chooses it, but it's a way. A way to understand this principle is simply look at your spouse, your children, for example. So you have a spouse, and your spouse is your one and only one, the person for you. But it's not the person for everybody, is it? So the Nat Principle is a beautiful understanding of trying to find this balance between the two extremes of the fundamentalist and the fundamentalist universalist. This, I believe, is what um, Sri Stalin meant when he said eradicate Sanatandharma. And as far as that goes, I'm all for that, eradicating um, any sectarian divisions that are extreme. Remember, we're a Saiva, Vaishnava, Shakta, Hindu family. But when any individual or group tries to make any one of these sampradayas the one from which everything else comes, then they've tripped over the line, and that really needs to be eradicated. But we can keep Sanatana Dharma beautifully as quote-unquote eternal laws, just trying to figure out some basic principles of life that we as Hindus address and express in a very specific manner, whether we're Saivas, Vaishnavas, or Shaktites. But of course we are not Christians, we are not Muslims, we are not Jews, we are not Buddhists. And this is just simply a rational understanding of life itself. Just look at the different uh, professions of the world. If you're a a carpenter or a baker, you're not a doctor, you're not a lawyer. (laughs) No problem with doctors or lawyers or bakers or carpenters. (laughs) Same thing with the religions of the world. Hopefully we can get to a mature understanding when we can fully love our way. But it's a way, it's not the way, and it's not a universal way. So, if we look at the terms Sanatana Dharma as our specific understanding of some basic laws of life, then all is fine. Avoiding the negative cultic universalist mindset. Remember that saying yoga is for everybody or everybody is a Hindu 
which I've heard actually Hindus say. It's no different than saying Jesus is for everybody or Allah is for everybody. I had an interesting webinar discussion not too long ago with the so-called Hindu University of America who had a speaker on, Dr. Rajan Narayan, who was suffering from this fundamentalist Sanatan Dharma mindset of having the eternal way, universal way. But the program was about universality of yoga. <laughs> saying it's the core of all religions. It's absolutely false. It's not the core of all religions. Hinduism is not the core of all religions. And interestingly, so typical of the, the weak Hindu, the Hindu University of America never challenged this notion that yoga is a universal thing that is the core of all religions. And actually... We asked the question of Dr. Narayan right from the get-go why he never uses the word Hindu. And he actually said to a Hindu university, the word Hindu doesn't exist. <laughs> We're Sanatanas. See? The universalism, extremist fundamentalism, fundamentalist universalist mindset that thinks that this Sanatan Dharma or this yoga is universal, can be applied to everybody no matter who they are. Just think of how ludicrous that statement is just from the simple standpoint of he used the word Hindu, so it must exist. <laughs> if the word Hindu does not exist, how can you say it? So, bottom line, we have to try and get together as a United Hindu fan. It's not easy. We've been trying for thousands of years. But why not say that we are Hindu Hindus? We also are known as Ritta and Dharma and Vedic Dharma, Yoga Dharma, Sanatana Dharma. And then later when the ism was attached, Hinduism, Brahmanism, Sabeka, Sarva Ekam. But the word we are most known by is Hindu-Hindu. It's a beautiful word. We're respecting and appreciating the moon and the rivers and the sun and the joy and the bliss and the nectar inside of all of us. To be respected by the specific nomenclature that's used on the outside. This is respect. This is true unity and diversity. We see that there is a unity, but we have to respect the diversity. Again, we're Hindus. We're not Christians. We're not Muslims. We're not Jews. Respect your brothers and sisters on the planet, but also stand tall for who you are and gain some respect. Otherwise, you'll just continually be disrespected and Easy prey, P-R-E-Y, for others to just steal from you. That's why we have today this massive spurious yoga movement. It's not a coincidence from this universalist mindset, because if anything goes, anything goes. Therefore, it's not a coincidence that we have hot yoga and power yoga and doggy yoga and laughter yoga, nude yoga, goat yoga, beer yoga, alpaca yoga, Ted's yoga, Mary's yoga, Kino's yoga, Adrian's yoga, everything but Hindu yoga. <laughs> if you say that, they call you a religious bigot, <laughs> or worse. So time to man up, woman up, human up, <laughs> and fully respect who we are. And again, we often repeat this, but it's so powerful that we need to remind ourselves of it. 
Say to yourself, I've got a dot on my head and it's really, really red. It's Bindu because I'm a Hindu and I'm proud to be a Hindu. What about you and I do yoga because it's Hindu. Karma Bhakti Hat is to Rajgyana. It's all yoga. It's all Hindu. It's not Boga, meaning Bogas. So remember, we are a Hindu family, Saiva Vaishnava Shakti, the three. So let us live in harmony and follow the Dharma and plant your yoga tree. Because we all do Karma Bhakti Rajayani. This is Hindu Dharma, Om Shanti. And we learn from our different deities, from the artwork, from the symbolism, perhaps inner experiences, as we worship Ganapati Murga Shiva Shakti, Saiva Hindus, Ganapati Krishna, Vishnu, Lakshmi, Ganapati Hanuman, Sitaram, Vaishnava, Hindu, brothers and sisters, Durga, Lakshmi, Saraswati, Kali, Durga, Parvati, Shakti, Sampradaya, we are a Hindu family, Saiva, Vaishnava, Shakti, the three. Om Shanti, Shanti, Shanti. And again, remember, peace is not merely the absence of conflict, but the presence of justice. So, Sanatan Dharma, descriptive or deception? You figure it out. P.S. Prajna Samadhi. So, just to reassure that we're not simply singling out any sectarian, extremist sectarian Vaishnava Sanatanists. They may or may not call themselves Hindus or not. There are extremist fundamentalists within the Saivas, too, in the Shaktites. It's not quite as prevalent, it seems, but it's there, too. perfect example of that was the, the group of Swamis from Hawaii now who were led by Master Subramanya, who really started teaching way too young before he really knew very much, and originally he used the term Sanatana Dharma. And in his mind, and his devotees, he implanted the notion that Siva, Shiva, is really God, the deity from which everything comes. No different than what the fundamentalist Hare Krishnas have been saying, or Vaishnavas, that Vishnu Krishna is the God from which everything comes. But he slowly grew and learned, which is why we don't want to try to teach too early, because we can hurt an awful lot of people along the way, as he truly did, as he was learning but not admitting that he was learning, thinking he had all the wisdom from the get-go. So he originally called his paper the New Saivite World and found that that wouldn't fly, so today you have really what's become a famous magazine around the world, Hinduism Today, as they've gone through this learning process. Though they still misuse the word God and Lord. And I'm sure there are some Shaktite Hindus also, or Shaktites, who, who think that they're depiction of the mother is the creator of the whole world. So we can always say to ourselves, will the real one God, the real one universal tradition, please stand up? <laughs> so why do you think there's been such fighting throughout the ages, especially when it comes to the monotheists? Because just think, consider for a moment that Yahweh bless, God Jesus bless, Allah bless, can create a man-made mess as they're seeking to find the one deity with his, it's always a he in the monotheistic understanding, his one scripture. All of this is human-made, of course. So again, we go back to what we do know. We know we have this inner essence of love and light and energy. Why not go with that? And then whatever 
inner experiences you have of spirit beings, wonderful. That's that's your edification from within. And if you want to share that with others of a like mind, fine. But don't try to make that requisite knowledge for all. Don't try to make it a universal tradition when it's really very specific. So looking at his eternal as, you know, the natural reincarnation process of life, the evolution of life, as we continually go round and round, striving to learn ever more and more. That's why we say, which was as relevant 2,000 years ago when it was formulated as it is today. Lead me, lead us from untruth to truth as we continue to learn. Lead us from our ignorance to an ongoing state of enlightenment. But never forgetting we are that immortal inner nectar within the Amritam, the bliss of Satchirananda. Amritam Gamaya. Again, seeking Shanti, Shanti, Shanti.